In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, how much is enough to retire? Or more specifically, what will your life savings do for you when you need to replace your paycheck? How to answer those questions straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show online, on radio, on podcast, wherever you're getting our show today. We thank you for being a part of it. My name is Scott Inman, along with me, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. I want to start by saying thanks to both of you and especially John for sitting in my seat last week. I was ill, uh, was feeling better, but I do recall <laughs> letting you guys know on Monday that I wasn't feeling well and you made the call right then. You didn't want to be next to me, so yeah, you cut, right. me, cut me out of the loop on Stay Tuesday. Stay at right. home yep. if you're sick. Yep. Yes. But <laughs> I do appreciate you filling in and um, and doing a great job and Tim Key also filling in the third yeah. chair last well, week. Well, I sat in the chair and broke it, but I <laughs> super glued it back together and maybe it'll hold up. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it was like riding a bike. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't that good. No, huh? I was skin knees you know uh, stuff like that you know you just kind of get through it well i do know that uh, after missing last week not much has changed in the stock market we're still in the roller coaster that we were in although things have improved this week the, yeah, the, the roller better. coaster is up rather than down but certainly the year that we have experienced in the market i'm sure has caused lots of anxiety for near-term retirees probably everybody in general nobody likes to see their account values go down. We like those high water marks to be achieved and never let go of again. We know, I think, in our minds that that's not the way it works, but the emotions do take over. But particularly for people who are thinking about retiring very soon, and if they were invested, really even if they were invested in a 60-40 portfolio, quite frankly, because the 60-40 portfolio has had its second worst performance ever in 2022, those account values look much different than they did in January, and I'm sure it has caused a lot of angst and anxiety for people who were really trying to figure out how they were going to turn their life savings into a stream of income. Scott, we do our show at uh, our offices here at 3 Financial in West Little Rock. It's a seven-story building, and I feel like I need to get on top of the seven-story building with a big speaker <laughs> and blast this message out to, to just about everybody because I think that everybody really has kind of a, allowed themselves to get caught up in the fury of, of what's going on in the markets and what have you. But here's the message, and I've said it on this show before, but it bears repeating. Things that, that happen in a down market are not what destroy your portfolio. What destroys your portfolio is when you sell things in a down market. You haven't lost anything until you sell it. And so to, you know, react to what's going on here at this stage of the game when the market is down 20% to throw in the towel, if you will, is just basically quitting. And, and you don't get anywhere in life by quitting. And so, Janet, I think that it's, it does bear repeating because for whatever reason, people have been through, you know, these downturns, but this one feels different yeah. because there's no real financial reason that you can point yeah. to and say, this is what's causing that. And, and when this is over, it'll all be okay. Yeah, it, it does feel a little different, but... 
guys, we've we've seen it over and over again. It just has a different story each time that it happens. But one of the things that we've been encouraging people to do uh, when they come in and they're talking about, you know, whether it's their 401k that may still be at work or what they have with us, when they're going through how they feel about that, we talk about, you know, the difference between a savings timeline and an investing timeline. And guys, there's no way that if somebody came in at the beginning of this year and said, hey, I've got a million dollars that I want to invest with you and I need it ready uh, to use in 10 months. So, you know, that's my timeline. Like we wouldn't have invested those dollars because that's too short of a time period. But that I'm telling you, that's what your emotions are tied to is like this calendar year or the past 12 months. So what we've been doing is, okay, we're going to look at where we are in the last 12 months because you need to understand that. But we're also going to look at where we are in the last five years. And when you do that, I can't say this 100% across the board because I don't know how your dollars have been invested. But for pretty much everybody, the situation is, even if you take out your contributions, you have made money still you have made money in that five-year period yeah you're down from a high watermark this year but you're still north of where you were and it's the emotion of giving up that high point for a temporary time period that people are reacting to you know scott oftentimes people will say you know i think i think i would just feel really good about you know a a cd that gave me x percent interest right now and, and that's probably true. You probably would feel good about that. Mm-hmm. But Dave Ramsey, the financial guru that he is, comes up with some really good things from time to time. What he says is adults have a plan and stick to it. Mm. Children do what feels good. Right. And when you think about the effect of just going to a fixed interest rate account, let's back up and let's go back 5, 10, 15 years if you'd done that. Mm. Where would you be today? You'd actually have probably less money today than you do with your market investments, volatile that they may be. You probably are still wealthier today than if you just put it in a fixed interest rate account. So let's look at some numbers here, and we're going to quote Boston College's Center for Retirement Research. We've talked about on the show many times all the studies that have been done about the retirement crisis, but the market turmoil from 2022 has caused, according to Boston College's Center for Retirement Research, a $3.4 trillion dip in 401ks and IRAs, and that's just the first half of 2022. Now, we do emphasize, to, to John's point, you haven't if you haven't sold it, you haven't lost it, right? It is an unrealized loss, but the numbers on the page, uh, they're estimating $3.4 trillion down. In 2019, Boston College estimated there was a $7.1 trillion retirement savings shortfall in American households, with about half of them, half of American households, facing a lower standard of living once they stop working. So there's the, there's the parallel and the line draw for me, because that's what matters, right? Because when you use those big numbers, $3.4 trillion dip, or if you focus, as we say on this show all the time, not on the economy, but your economy, what your account value has gone down. That's where the fear can really set in. But the bigger issue is what's your standard of living going to be in retirement? And John, that goes back to the plan. When you say adults stick to the plan, first of all, you have to create it. And that's where I think the topic of this show is going today. That's the one question that I think we get. I would put it at the top three, probably even the number one question that we get from clients when they walk in 
to begin the process of going through the ready-to-retire process, meaning they don't really have a plan. They're going to come to Gen Wealth and get one. Their question is, how much do I need to retire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's always some you know seven-figure number or something like that, but yeah. that's really almost irrelevant, not totally irrelevant, but it's really not germane to the question. Yep. The question is, what do I need to provide for my financial independence? Mm -hmm. What is financial independence? Financial independence is the ability to live without having to go to work. So financial independence, in my mind, really does turn on an income number and not a wealth number. You need wealth to generate the income, but what you really need is a, a real good grasp on what your needs are and what your desired income is, Janet. And that's what we do in our meeting rooms every day as we dig down into those questions. And, and frankly, it's what we've been doing uh, for as long as we've been in business, John. Right. I, I had... Uh, on on Friday last week, um, I went to a funeral of, of a client who has over the years become a friend. He was a, a client of mine for, for 20 years. And afterwards, several of us were just standing around talking. And, and one of his previous co-workers came up to me and he said, Janet, I got to tell you a story about the first day I met you. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what did I do that he remembers <laughs> it so well 20 years later? And he said, listen. You were up there talking to this group of us, and you said, uh, and I was going through a specific example, like if you need to have this much income in retirement, here's how you back into what that is in terms of a dollar amount. Because you're right, guys, most of the time people are thinking about, I need a million dollars or whatever. Well, apparently the example I used that day was if you need $65,000 on top of Social Security and pensions, if you need another $65,000 gross then when you back into that figure, it's $1.3 million. And he said, I was sitting there and I heard you say 1.3 and I understood all the math that you had put up there. And I, and I said to myself, bleep. And he didn't say bleep. He said something else. But he said, bleep. I don't even have the three, much less the 1.3. <laughs> but here's the deal, guys. That was 20 years ago. Right. And you fast forward, it feels like slow forward when you live it, but in hindsight, you fast forward, and now he and his wife are retired, and they're doing whatever the heck they want to do. That's right. Because they realized 20 years ago, you know what, you're right, I don't have even the three, much less the 1.3. And we need to get a plan, and we need to start working for it. Now, they are in a situation where they're very blessed to have each of them have a pension, and each of them have some Social Security coming in. So the dollar amount that they might need relative to, let's say, their next-door neighbors who have the exact same spending habits, this family doesn't need to have as much saved for retirement because they have other income coming in. But the overarching theme is... 20 years ago, he was in a panic because he realized that he didn't have what he needed and wasn't at all on track. And now they're comfortably enjoying retirement. It's all about you taking action. He reached an intersection of change and he took he took the change in yes. direction, right? And, and, and did something about it. Now, obviously, many people listening today may not have that 20 years, right? They've only got three or four. Maybe they really have retirement looming immediately. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that change can't still happen. And it's in the form of building a plan. Because how do you know what you've saved is going to be enough? How do you know what it even translates to? 
into a monthly income if you don't build a plan because we've talked about this a lot too guys the just in case retirement right and and you know a lot of people just they still have that mindset that they are too fearful especially probably in this environment to spend any of that nest egg and they're going to try to get by on social security and and just tap that piggy bank in case of emergency and that's not really financial independence no, it's it's really not, and you know there's a there is a I guess a connotation of freedom when mm-hmm. you think about financial independence. At least I do. And so what we, the way we build a retirement income plan is we focus on what your required income needs to be to cover your basic living expenses. And then we solidify that retirement income through various things like Social Security, pensions, and and guaranteed income products from insurance companies that will uh, absolutely, you know, with all of the uh, full faith and credit of that insurance company, the claims paying ability of that Mm -hmm. insurance company, be able to produce that income. And as long as Social Security holds up, which we believe it will, uh, that income will be uh, coming into you for the rest of your life. And you have a pension, as long as the pension doesn't go bankrupt, you've got as many of those things that can can be guaranteed right. as anything can be guaranteed in this world. We build a guaranteed income stream to cover your basic living expenses. Once you have your basic living expenses covered, then you've got freedom. Now you can spend that other money because there is no just in case. The just in case is taken care of by that foundation of income that we create in the ready to retire process. So it's it's not just a simple, okay, a million dollars will do. It might for you, it might be more than what you need. And for others, it might not be anywhere near enough. So it, it really is based on what are your spending needs going to be in retirement? Janet, to that point, I just sat yesterday with a gentleman who has a couple of million dollars, and that's what he needs to retire mm-hmm. on the income that he's looking for couple of million dollars. Last week, I sat with somebody that has about $600,000. They are going to be able to retire based on what their needs are. So it really is not a magic number. All these, you know, people that talk about a magic number or, you know, have TV ads that talk about, you know, used to be what was, I think it was Voya that carried around the styrofoam number or something like that. What's your number? Yeah. Yeah, All of that, all of that, it really is irrelevant to you and your situation. The real question that you've got to be asking is, what kind of income do I need and what kind of income do I want to spend in retirement? Well, when you think about that and building that retirement budget, there are a few things that kind of work in your favor. You know, you are probably not going to need to replace 100% of pre-retirement income. So the day you walk away from work, especially if there are two paychecks in the household, that can be a pretty big number and that can really sound daunting, right, to try to replace that but you'll no longer have to obviously save for retirement so the money going into your retirement plans is not going to need to be there anymore you're going to be spending rather than saving you might be spending less on commuting you know your fuel cost your gas prices and today that's a big big Mm -hmm. uh, get is to not have to spend as much on gas you may have paid off your mortgage uh, by the time you retire we certainly hope that uh, is the case because that can really lower 
your needed income. And if you're like us at Gen Wealth, you're not spending money eating at uh, one of the restaurants at lunch uh, on a daily basis. True, you, you know? can make your peanut butter and jelly. Now, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, I don't know, you know, you don't have to do that every day. That's not exactly what I would picture in uh, financial freedom but, either. But you can modify that because yeah. you're not caught out with nothing to eat. Right? That's, that's right. the deal. If you're not at the office all yep. the time, then you're probably going to eat at home. And on, on the flip side of this, one of the expenses that uh, you will have more of especially if you're if you're retiring before age 65 is a health insurance consideration mm-hmm. you've got to think about how much has your employer covered for you in the past that may need to come out of your pocket between now and the time that medicare kicks in for you you also may not need life insurance you know we're big proponents of life insurance for a season of life to get you to retirement term insurance needs to be in place while you're along your journey to retirement it may not need to be in place if you no longer have dependents and you're not in need of it and your retirement is uh, funded the way you hope. So there you're starting to reduce the amount you're going to need. And then when you start to layer in your guaranteed sources, you start to close that gap, right? Social security we know is not going to be enough, but a social security analysis and strategy needs to be key to your retirement income plan because you want to get the most out of it. Most people jump into Social Security as soon as they can take it, age 62. You know, mm-hmm. I, we talk about if you walk down to the Waffle House and ask the old guys sitting around the Waffle House, you know, when should I take Social Security? They're going to go, yeah, take it to 62 because they're going to run out of money. You better get yours while you can. That's just not necessarily the right answer for everybody. It is an answer, but it is not the right answer for everybody because there's a lot more to just getting a check. And I, and I think that the, the point that I'm making here is that when you think about it, Janet, there are in, involved in that decision is, number one, your longevity. Yeah. And number two is what is left for the surviving spouse. Yeah, I, there's there's a ton of choices to make, you know, when you're looking at like a pension, for example. Uh, I was thinking about a friend of mine who's a, a teacher and uh, will have that option upon retirement of saying, okay, do I want everything to come to me in the form of a pension or do I want this to be set up in, a, in such a way that when I'm gone, because there's no spouse, but there are adult children, so that when I'm gone, the kids have something left over for for their future as well. So there's a lot of different ways to structure this. But when you're looking at your retirement question, it really is a question of how much income is available, regardless of what choices you're making for you know a pension payout, as an example. So part of the ready to retire process at GenWealth is to walk through that with you. Some people few people come in with an idea already of what it's going to take to fund their basic lifestyle in retirement, but not many do. We have to walk through that as part of the process, and we talk about things that you'll no longer have to uh, pay like we just did on the program today, and then we start to look at the Social Security and when that kicks in and how much is it going to be, but what if the gap is still there, what we would call the required income gap. The gap between what you need to pay your expenses and have a basic standard of living in retirement and what you're going to be receiving on a guaranteed basis from your sources. If there's still a gap, that's when we look at a guaranteed income product like an annuity. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but an annuity from the insurance company, as John, you've already kind of alluded to, provides, in many cases, allows you to keep your money invested, but it allows a guaranteed monthly income for life to be provided to you from the amount you put into that product 
and that will close the gap because you know with Social Security and the guaranteed income from the annuity that you're going to be able to meet your required income needs. If you happen to know that you have to have, let's just use a number, $4,000 a month to pay the things like food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, all that type of thing, let's say that number is $4,000. And let's say that you have $3,000 of guaranteed income sources. Is there ever a time that it wouldn't be okay with you if that extra $1,000 just didn't show up? No, got to have it. You got to have it, right? So what happens in uh, the world of investing is you can deplete a portfolio through withdrawals and a bad market. How do you deal with that in, in this case for retirement? You simply transfer that risk to an insurance company. Now, let's talk about that for a second. How many times do you transfer risk to an insurance company? Oh, well, you do that with your homeowner's insurance because you're transferring the risk of a fire or a flood or whatever the case may be to the insurance company for them to take on that risk and them to be able to pay for the replacement of your home. You do that with life insurance. Now, you're basically trying to protect your income with life insurance, and that's what the purpose of life insurance is. You do that with car insurance. Uh, you know, one of my family members had an accident this week, and, and you know, not everybody's fine, no, no big deal. A couple of thousand dollars of, of damages mm-hmm. from what we can understand. So the insurance company has taken some of that risk off right. of my plate and is going to take care of a good bit of that minus the deductible. Transferring risk is something we do all the time. But you've got to think about it like that in terms of protecting your guaranteed income sources for those required expenses. So let's walk through an example on this right now. Like if if there's a, I'll just use some nice round figures. If there's a half a million dollars inside of a product like this, then let's say it's going to provide $25,000 in income. Well, right now, what is that 500000 original deposit, what does that really look like? Well, it might be 400 and something. It's probably not north of 500000 at this point. Let's say that it's down to four fifty. Well, you know what your income is? It's still based off of that 500000 It's still $25,000. Your income, that's how this works to guarantee that income stream. Even though you're looking at it and seeing, hey, the account value is down it's okay because all that matters from that is your income stream. I, I had that, the numbers were different, but I had that conversation yesterday with a client who came in going, I'm looking at my account values and, and I'm really concerned. And I'm like, okay, let me remind you how this works. And at the end of the conversation, she went, you know, I had forgotten about that. Yes, because it didn't matter until now, right, right. but now it matters. You know, what is what just hit me as I was sitting here is the fact that, and we've thought about this a lot before, but when people try to simplify something down to a number mm-hmm. or a a uh, one uh, measure like your portfolio, your, your yeah. portfolio value, that's when you lose the nuances of what a good retirement income plan does. And, and Scott, I think that, that the more complex it is, the more it begs for professional advice mm-hmm. to get through this. Can you do this on your own? You might be able to with a lot of study and a lot of, you know, uh, math and all that type of thing. If that's not your thing, then I think you've got a, a reasonable alternative in talking to a financial advisor. Each week, I do a segment called The Fastest Four Minutes in Finance. And 
before that, in preparation for that, and it's about the markets, it's about other things too, but generally about the markets. In preparation for that, I read a, a lot of commentary from economists and right. from uh, market insiders. And overwhelmingly, they'll say, especially now, is there is a lot of uncertainty in mm-hmm. the economy. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. John, I've been doing this for six years with you guys. There's always uncertainty Mm -hmm. in the economy Mm -hmm. and always uncertainty around the markets. What having a guaranteed income stream to pay your required income expenses in retirement does is it gives you certainty. It's never as good or as bad as you think it is. I don't care. You go back to 2021 when the market was roaring and things were going like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all looking at each other going, eh, this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. And so what are we doing now? We're looking at a market that's down 20, 25%. And what are we saying? This too shall pass yeah. because things just always revert back to the mean or the average, yeah. if you will. We're going through a period of time that, frankly, is a reaction to COVID and then the reaction of the government to COVID and the shutting Mm -hmm. down of the supply chains. I've illustrated this to a number of clients. If you think about COVID as being an anomaly that took the market down in a big way, well, we shut the supply chains down and then the government flooded us with money, that money for this, money for Mm -hmm. that, money for everything in the world. They just threw money at the problem. And, And that's you know, was some degree necessary. People can argue, you know, politically about all that, but that's what happened. They threw the the kitchen sink at the problem. Well, when you shut down the supply chain and you throw money at everything, then you have a classic setup for inflation. Too much money chasing too few goods. And that's why houses were going for 20% more than what their, you know, list price was. There was just a lot of really outside the box things going on in the economy. So you had all of that going on. And that can't last. So what we've done is we've actually reverted back to the mean. When you talk about this too shall pass, uh, the client that I was talking about that we had the conversation this week to remind her about how her guaranteed income stream works, that the product that she has, we actually got that for her, wait for it, you ready? Back in 2009. And so it was it was at a time when we as advisors certainly remembered, you know, 2008 and it was still very fresh in the in the minds and emotions of investors. And so at that point, it was like, yes, I want those guarantees. I want those guarantees. But she was not at a point of taking income. And then now fast forward, she's taking income and feeling the emotions of the fluctuation But what I want our listeners to understand is that we knew in 2009, when everything was coming back up and everything looked great at that point, we knew then that we would have, if you'll allow me to call it this, another 2008. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't know when it would happen. We didn't know what the reason would be, but it would happen. And just like now, we're in a low point. There will come a time when it turns around and we're back at an all-time high. Uh, For the first time in ever, we've hit this number on the S&P and whatever other measurement you want to look at. This is what the market does. The question is, what do you do when the market does what it does? And what do you do in preparation for the market's actions? So let's finish the story now. We talked about the basic lifestyle that can be supported with guaranteed income, should be supported by regular, predictable monthly income that comes to you at the same amount, regardless of what happens in the market. It provides some certainty. The rest of the story here is is that you don't want to end your 
plan there because that's not really the independence part of that, right? That buys your dignity. Right. The required income buys your dignity. You know you can pr- provide for yourself a basic lifestyle. But what about the rest? That we call the desired income, and that is where the true financial independence takes place. Now, that's above and beyond. It is stacked onto your guaranteed income, your required income, and it's for what you want to do, what your retirement looks like to you. I think the number one thing that most people that come to see uh, us in the Little Rock office that they want to do is travel. That gets mentioned time and time again. You have the time, if you're no longer working, to do what you want to do, and people want to travel. We've got to quantify that. We've got to monetize that. Your desired income is provided on top of the required income to provide for those things that you want to do and also provide for inflation-adjusted raises along the way. Because what we do know, more so now than ever, right, that if you need an extra $2,000 a month to do all those things you want to do in retirement today, 10 years from now, it's going to need to almost be twice that. Mm-hmm. Those inflation adjustments are very critical, Scott, and in, in keeping up with, uh, obviously, the, the rising cost of living. But let's face it, the the older folks who are retired have a different inflation number than than folks who are, you know, raising kids and working. You're buying different stuff yeah. and you have a different inflation equation there. If you have a retirement plan of any kind that does not build in uh, cost of living adjustments, then you've got a real problem, I think, Janet, because most pensions don't adjust for yeah. a cost of living. Yeah, uh, we we do. We work with some that they do have some adjustments. Many times when they do have an adjustment, it's not going to really keep up with what actual inflation is, but we're glad to have an adjustment of some type. But then there are pensions, as you said, John, that, that when when you get your first check, that's what your last check is also going to look like. And so you have to be able to plan for increases in expenses from other sources. And what that really means is from assets that you have set aside and invested over the years to supplement your retirement income. Social Security in the coming year is actually going to get a pretty significant raise for the for the first time in quite some time. But we've also seen years where there was literally zero increase in Social Security income. So it's not something that you can depend on. And many times when you do get an increase, it is taken up by Medicare premium increases as well. So you've got to be able on your own to be financially independent, regardless of what happens with your Social Security or your pension. Speaking of Social Security, we're getting somewhere close to a 9% increase in Social Security coming up in 2023 as a result of this inflation bout. So that will actually take some pressure off of folks in terms of the rising prices and the need, Scott, to pull from that desired income buckets that that we have in the ready to retire process it's made up of a lot of different pieces that's right, right. Mm-hmm. You, it's it ebbs and flows because i think as we talk about that desired income that comes from continuing to stay invested even during retirement and i think if you think about it the first part of the show i talked about the 60 40 portfolio and it has had its second worst year on record this year so you may be thinking well, wait a minute I was diversified, right, in stocks and bonds, and that has taken a beating in 2022. If I'm withdrawing out of that, is that a good thing? No, it's not, because an arbitrary withdrawal strategy out of an invested portfolio is not what we're talking about here. No. We are talking about buckets designated for use years of your retirement, and the bucket you're drawing down in year one 
is not in the 60-40 portfolio. Mm -hmm. It is in cash reserve so that you know that no matter what happens, if we have 2023 look a a lot like 2022, it's not going to matter. Yeah, if you look across our client base, here's what you will find. If you go back five years ago and look at clients that have been with us over that five-year period Mm -hmm. of time, and they've been in a withdrawal phase in retirement, even though we're at a a low point in the market in everybody's mind, what you see from those clients looking at their account values. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, there are different experiences for different clients, but as a general rule, folks are about where they were five years ago. Yeah. And they've taken income. Right. And so that is, that's how this system works. And really, Scott, when you stop and take a look at it, the ready-to-retire process is all about constructing something that makes sense. We've talked about a lot of the issues here, getting, getting that great uh, guaranteed income uh, factor into your uh, equation, having a written plan, dealing with Social Security, dealing with inflation. All of those things are incredibly critical to the retirement income process, but it doesn't stop there. You still also have to deal with long-term care, having the proper investment strategy with all of that. It is all encompassed in the GenWealth ready-to-retire process. Get some certainty in an uncertain time. That's, I think, the the highlight for me in today's show. And there is the final uh, bell, which means it's time for our closing thoughts. And Janet, we'll start with you. So if you're ready for a more clear view about your financial independence, I I would say that the focus needs to be financial independence, not this blurry vision of what does my number need to be. The focus is on financial independence, which means you begin to talk about income. And from there, we can help you determine what your dollar amount needs to be to get that income to provide your financial independence. Janet, I would say that, you know, if you are having a conversation with any financial person and they're not concerned about your financial independence and they're not really concerned about creating a written retirement income plan, and if you're approaching retirement, then you need to look further because that is not how you do it. Creating a plan will get you through retirement with the best opportunities to to navigate things like what we're going through right now and go back to the 2008s and what have you. Having that plan is your pathway. My final thought is to take that first step. We've talked a lot about the written plan, creating a written plan that maximizes Social Security. It considers a hybrid retirement. Maybe you need to supplement with part-time work for a little bit in your retirement. Protect against inflation. We talked about how to do that. Securing guaranteed lifetime income. Plan for long-term care and defend against taxes. Provide some certainty with a written plan. And you can take the first step by f- to find out if true financial independence is within reach by visiting this website. Go to 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one the number five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com or just text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. That's 501-381-5228. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you for being with us as we explored how much is enough to retire. We hope you learned something and we hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the GenWealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The GenWealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. 
or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.